Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hi, welcome everybody to another episode of Louisiana Crop Podcast. We're here, actually, Kylie and I are here in uh, Alexandria at Dingley Research Station. It's the Dingley Field Day and Ag Expo here. Uh, it's kind of an all-day affair, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. But uh, what that's that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Dr. C. Brown, an entomologist, a while ago, and he he reminded me, say, tell everybody, be looking for red-banded stink bugs and beans. They're showing up in higher numbers. Keep an eye on them. Get out there, sweep your fields, get started looking. Also, looking for like a bollworm egg and uh, egg lay and cotton coming up pretty quick. Start looking. Pay attention to these things. Uh, we're trying to give you a little heads up before it gets time. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylie, you're here. Mm-hmm. Say hello, Kylie. <laughs> hello, everyone. Um, RL's not here today. He's at the horse show in the district horse show in West Monroe. Mm-hmm. He's up there, so it's just Kylie and I today. Right. But Kylie's, uh, we're here, and she's got a really good interview with Dr. Boyd Pageant. And uh, Kylie, uh, you want to go ahead and get started? We can. All right. Good deal. Good afternoon. I'm here at Deanley Field Day, and I have everybody's favorite pathologist, Dr. Boyd Paget. How are you today? I'm I'm doing fine. I don't know if I'm everybody's favorite. <laughs> well, I, I hate to discount I, Trey, but yeah. I, I appreciate the compliment. I guess Trey and I are partners in, in crime. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I know you've taken <laughs> on some new roles now, uh, moving things around. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, I moved back out in the field again, kind mm-hmm. of where I I feel very much at home. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my field crop pathology responsibilities as I did in the past. I'm also uh, serving as the interim soybean specialist and mm-hmm. that's been that's been very educational for me. I'm <laughs> learning a lot of things and, uh-huh. and very good. Um, serve as the state wheat specialist and I'm teaching a class down in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. one time a year and that's been quite an experience and I think I'm going to like it. Really? What class are you teaching We're now? We're teaching uh, plant disease management. Okay. And it's it forces you back in the books. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been out of school since uh, they invented electricity. <laughs> and now I'm starting to relearn some things, and uh-huh. actually things change over time. Yeah, so. sometimes teaching will help you learn it a lot oh, better. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. great. Well, look, I want to talk and spend most of our time today on soybeans. Um, so, and I know with all the rain that we've had this year, so what have you been seeing or what do you know about that's going on now? Well, soybean really got off to a pretty rough start pretty much across the state. There may be a few exceptions, but the other day I was kind of summarizing the amount of rain that we had and the number of days that, that it took to get to that level mm-hmm. from April, May, and what, you know, during June. Mm-hmm. So in Alexandria, we had almost 24 inches of rain, and that rain occurred during 28 days during that period of time that we were we were talking about. We we typically get about 62 inches of rainfall as our annual rainfall. Mm-hmm. So we've we're close to 30 percent already in Alexandria. Wow. Very similar for St. Joe, and Winsboro, approaching 20 inches of rain you know, almost 30 days. Mm-hmm. So the beans have had a really hard time getting established in the field. We've had replanting, I've talked with growers, 
I've talked with consultants and agents in the state, and, and certainly it varies, but there's been a lot of replants, mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of replant replants. So the question that, uh, that I think we need to kind of consider, you know, about the flooding. Right, yes. So we have, uh, flooding can, can occur really two different types. Mm -hmm. We can get, you know, saturation over the row, the, the plants are still emerged above the, the water level. And that's if you have to pick, you know, that would probably be the best scenario. It's still bad because mm -hmm. you get deprived oxygen, you get build up of toxins and CO2, and the plant can't grow like it's supposed to. And then you have complete submersion of the beans. Mm -hmm. And um, early in the season, the beans are pretty, pretty resilient. They can actually stay, they can survive up to 96 hours. It just depends on the weather. Cool weather would be certainly uh, conducive. I think with all that behind us, hopefully. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, the beans right now, I can take you to a field where they're just emerging, and I can take you to fields that probably are approaching R5. Mm -hmm. So let's hope most of them are past that emergence. I think producers and consultants need to, to realize that beans are probably most vulnerable to flooding from a, a yield standpoint when they reach R3 and R5. So Interesting, yeah. hopefully we won't find ourselves in that situation. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we do, we need to um, wait a few days after the flooding event, kind of make notes of how long it occurred, and then determine it as best we can. And mm -hmm. certainly it's it, there's no hard and fast rules. Okay, my field has sustained this much damage. My strategy would be limit my inputs as much as possible, but maintaining the crop. You know, mm -hmm. we don't want to abandon the field. So. Right. so is there, um, you know, we're talking about replanting beans. Let's talk a little bit about optimum planting dates. And, and if we're in a replant situation, you know, what do we need to be thinking about as we're dealing with that? Right. There, there's been quite a bit of work done uh -huh. uh, and, it, and it was funded by the Louisiana Soybean and Grains Research and Promotion Board, and we're, the Ag Center is very indebted to these, this board and the producers of, of Louisiana. We want to answer their, their questions, Absolutely. and one of their que questions was uh, planting date, you know, mm -hmm. the effect of planting date, and it started out at, at Winsboro mm -hmm. with Don Bouquet and some of his work, and that's expanded throughout the state mm -hmm. with Ronnie Levy and, and some others, and that continues. So... Our, our optimum planting dates, and, and this would not be the extremes minimum and maximum recommended. You know, once, once you get ma past May 10th, mm -hmm. you know, most of the data shows that uh, the yields start dropping off a little bit, not mm -hmm. necessarily. But as a general rule of thumb, after the first week of June, if you start putting seed in the ground, you're losing about a half a bushel a day. Wow. And, uh, you know, you can put the pencil to the paper. Some areas of the state have typically higher yielding beans. Some areas where you have yeah. lower average, that percentage of your yield is going to increase. Yeah, it's going to take a lot away. So as a producer, you would prefer to have, you know, a minimum of about 73,000 plants mm -hmm. per acre. Yeah. But the later you get, you got to ask yourself, is it, is it worth it? Right. Um, 
I visited with some county agents the other day, and uh, you know we came we came to the conclusion that the grower was below that minimum. Mm -hmm. He was close. He had a uniform stand. He was probably about fifty five, sixty thousand plants per acre. Mm -hmm. Just realizing they're going to give up a little bit of yield, and maybe not as much yield as they would give up just by the mere fact of replanting. Right. So. Well, I know in like Concordia, we've got, you know, well, you've got flooding still from the river, right. you've got seepage water, right. and you've got all those different scenarios that, I mean, it's been a hard, hard, I guess it's not spring anymore, but hard growing season for a lot of guys. And I, I see that decision getting, you know, addressed a lot throughout this year, and it's been kind of a hard one to make. So It is, and I think if, if we look kind of look at the crop now from what I've seen, mm -hmm. And I, I don't know about in Concordian where you are, the crop really is just now beginning to kind of green up and starting to grow what mm -hmm. we... It's really taken off in the last yeah, couple Yeah, and I yeah. mean, the other thing is the flowering. Yeah. Uh, we saw beans flower very early this year in some scenarios. I've, I've spoken with agents and consultants. The, the internodes are short. What do you think what, that is? I think it's just from stress. I mean... I, if someone helped me underwater, right. <laughs> that would be very stressful, right? right and yeah. uh, the plant just can't, you know, when it you take for flooding again, mm -hmm. again, going back to that, you get this anaerobic situation okay. and the normal physiological processes in the plant cannot occur because they take oxygen, they need oxygen to complete that. Okay. So. It's been a lot of chatter about that. I've seen that online and stuff like that. So I'm glad you touched on that. Um, so what about soybean diseases? Um, I know that's your your wheelhouse, so I'll let you kind of take. Yeah, it. <laughs> we're not we're not seeing uh, Trey and I. Even this morning, uh, we were out in the field looking, and uh -huh. we're not seeing any. We're not seeing really any any disease pressure. Mm -hmm. um, I think growers, depending on where you are in the state, you may not even need to make a fungicide application. Mm -hmm. Just just keep a close eye on the on the crop. We do have these variety tests. Mm -hmm. and we put out at seven different locations. Mm -hmm. um, Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, there's something that, that we're doing here and in Baton Rouge mm -hmm. that's, that's we just initiated this year. So we have a, a soybean variety test at seven different locations in the state. The grower can, can pick those locations that most represent their, their production practices and their mm -hmm. field conditions, environments. Some of these tests we just automatically put a fungicide out on mm -hmm. because it's important to know the yield of the soybean. As a that producer, would be, I guess your control. That, this is yeah, what, that's what, what I do. would want to know. Is yeah. okay, so I'm not going to plant intentionally plant a bean that that has poor yield potential. Right, because mm -hmm. yeah. that's customary where I'm at. You know, right. when we get to that stage, we give it the first shot. You yeah, know? and so so that would be the standard. Yeah. So we came up with another test, mm -hmm. the exact same replica planted later in the growing season mm -hmm. and we're going to not do anything as far as diseases. We'll take care of the weeds, we'll take care of the insects and we're going to go in and in, if diseases occur then we'll rate, we'll take our yields and we'll have a comparison to And this is the first spreading. year of this? This is the first okay. year. That'll be interesting, yeah. So it, it may not give you um, a real picture of yield loss because it may be on different soil site, you know, right. types on the station, but it will give you an idea of the 
just inherent genetic resistance to mm -hmm. these pathogens and diseases. Mm -hmm. So a grower can, he or she can, can choose knowing, okay, this is a high yielding variety mm -hmm. and it also has disease resistance. In mm -hmm. the past, if you sprayed the test, you're saying this is a high yielding variety, mm -hmm. but it's been wow. treated. You know, there's some locations that, that receive multiple applications, rightfully so. The mm -hmm. further south you move, south of Alexandria, the mm -hmm. disease pressure is, is certainly more. Right. But hopefully this will offer the grower a new piece of information to, to optimize variety selection. Another thing they need to, to realize is, is branding, mm -hmm. variety branding. Okay. And, uh, and that's where you say... You've identified, let's, let's take an example. Okay. So you, you have a variety you've identified that you do not want to plant on your farm. Right. Because it's very susceptible. Mm -hmm. And it's variety A. Okay. We won't name any names. <laughs> and uh, you can actually go, Arkansas has a, a table. Yeah. And growers need to be made aware of that. That's on their website. It I is. Yeah. And they need to go look at that when they make a variety selection. So they, they're going to avoid variety A. Mm-hmm. And they pick variety M, and when in fact variety A and M are the exact same variety. And that term is branding. And mm -hmm. it's not just with soybean. We see it in cotton. We see it in wheat. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it's something that producers need to, to ask themselves, okay, so I'm going to avoid this variety. What else might it be sold under? Good question. Yes. So okay. they need. It's too late now, but next well, right, year. Next year, be aware of that when you're making those decisions. Um, a little bit about and I, and I know Trey touched on this also. Um, you know, we do have not so much in the northeast region. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, we do. We have um, aerial blight. Okay. We have aerial blight. The further south you go, it it's becomes more of a problem. Well, there's two different animals. Mm -hmm. There's the fungicide-resistant aerial blight, which is resistant to the strobilurin-type chemistries. Mm -hmm. Those would be your your quadrus, your headline, your generic strobes. Okay, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it's it's specific to that chemistry. Mm -hmm. Those those chemistries were very effective at reducing that particular uh, pathogen. Mm -hmm. If you run into a situation and you're in an area, if a grower is growing, you know, across the state, some very few do, but uh, they just need to be aware that when they go down to the southern part of the soybean producing areas in mm -hmm. the state, that they're probably going to have to change and use an SDHI type chemistry. Okay. Um, and there's several of those out there. I know off the top of my head, and I'm certainly not endorsing any products like Preaxor, Tribapro, they have this HDS uh, okay. chemistry and uh, there's companies, other companies that are coming out with their own. Those are going to be more effective against that, that aerial blight. We, ha we have good frog eye. Yes, yeah. Disease resistance. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to be and can be a problem across the state in some years. Mm -hmm. uh, again, variety resistance would be Yes. Where I would, that's going to be the foundation of any kind of disease management program, whether it be in soybean, your backyard garden, or anything. Yeah. If you can find a good, high-performing, yeah. disease-resistant mm -hmm. variety, that's where we need to go. Yeah.
And uh, not seeing any Cercospora yet, it's kind of early for that. Mm -hmm. Target spot, I haven't seen. I, I, I walked the OVTs here okay. yesterday and I haven't seen any any disease pressure. Well, good. Um, well, let's talk about some corn diseases um, real quick. Um, what's been going on? I know I know it's getting about time for that. Those, those group of people that like to put out that fungicide shot. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Just realize the later in the growing season that you get, Mm -hmm. the less damage it can do. I'm not seeing a whole lot of disease pressure from northern corn leaf blight. There have been some reports of southern rust. If that corn's starting to dent, and I mean, most, we, it's it's hard to justify putting a fungicide application on with very limited disease. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, just any other research or anything else that's going on this year, I mean, you want to no, share with us? No, we'll, we'll keep you updated. Trey and I are going to put out quite a few tests off station with some growers at various locations mm -hmm. in the state and we uh, we hope that this will provide our growers with um, with some valuable information. I think it's uh, it's very important that we address the needs of our, our clientele. Dr. Pageant, we, we're glad to have you on the, the uh, today's episode and we'd love to have you back before wheat planting. And, uh, oh yeah, we could we can talk we can talk a long time about wheat too. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll have the conditions to get it right. in the ground. Last year, we just it was so wet. That, yeah. And scab is something we need to address. Mm -hmm. And I actually saw some wheat in Concordia Parish this year. And, yeah. and then if you go to Baton Rouge from us, you know Adams County right there on Mississippi, they're still still trying. So we pro we had excellent yields this year. Really great. Yeah. Um, so very limited acreage. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you being on today's episode. So. Well, we appreciate, or I appreciate you having me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kylie. That's a great, you and Boyd, Boyd does a good job interviewing, doesn't he? He's always a good personality. He is great. I mean, he's good. He's fun to be around. And he's very knowledgeable and he's always out. He likes being in the field. I like to go to the field with Boyd. Um, okay. Before we get too far in here, you know, what about our question of the week? What's our question of the week? I think today's question of the week would be, uh, so what is a county agent? Uh, what do we do? So. Okay, well, I don't know. We do a whole lot. I mean, <laughs> we, you and I, you do horticulture and right. you do row crops. I do row crops. I do, uh, I do precision ag for the state. Mm -hmm. RL does row crops. He does precision ag. And, he does. And he's also, because he used to do cows, he, he used to work with cows. And Yeah, Mr. R.L. was, uh, when I did livestock show growing up, Mr. R.L. was always at livestock shows growing up. So. Yeah, and so he's, he's, anytime I had a cow question, I always called him, or, <laughs> or we have Jason Holmes, who's the beef specialist. Jason, mm -hmm. if you got a chicken question, Jason knows about chicken. He's your guy, yes. He's your guy. <laughs> But we do other things. I mean, like uh, you and RL last week, y'all were at uh, 4-HU doing mm -hmm. contests. Yeah, and I actually enjoy that. That's that's a good time to to teach the kids, you know, what it's like leaving the parish that they're from and taking them to Baton Rouge and seeing how they handle the situation. And, you know, that's how you grow up. So that's how I learned to do it. So it's all, it's a fun experience to do that. It's a, it's a good experience. And some of these kids may not have been, you know, out on their own. Maybe they've been with their parents, but all of a sudden now they're... By themselves. They're by themselves. And then, you know, and of course you're all looking after them, but mm -hmm. still it's just a little different. It's, a, it's an independence journey for them. And, and then, you know, they compete in their contest or whatever they do. And 
um, you know, it's fun to see them achieve or even, you know, you learn through failure too. You know, you might not have won your competition, but you've got something to work on next year. If that's something you liked, you know, you might mm -hmm. find out, hey, I don't, I don't actually like foods and nutrition. I would be more interested in this, you know. You know, that age is a good time to be learning those questions. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, and it is good. And, and that just goes to show you what we interact with more than just right. farmers, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. What, Absolutely. Uh, of course, we still, here again, we still go back to, we're doing, talking to farmers, we're doing crop demos, different. House and we, visits. House visits, home. If, if somebody calls about their roses, you go see them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of which, people call you know, people call all the time about their roses. I don't know what it is about roses. <laughs> I don't like roses that well, but people call and ask me, say, what do you think about my roses? We're going to stop recommending roses. You know, and, well, I tell them, say, you know, I really don't like roses. And, and they'll say, well, I like them. But I say, well, call Kylie. Right. She, she's the one to talk to. And, I mean, but that's that's just a multitude of things. Right. We also work, with, like with uh, Boyd Pad, Dr. Boyd Padgett. We, mm -hmm. we do... He has on-farm trials. We work with him right. and help him line them up, help him put them out, do collect the data. Mm -hmm. All that goes back to some of what we do. I mean, it's not right. just a cut and dried, uh, you know, we talk about, I mean, I've told people about Mr. Kimball from Green Acres. He was a county agent, you know, and they kind of, people kind of look at me. But then a lot of times they say, oh, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> you know, so that's all the things we, but. 4-H and right. and okay. you're doing today. You're working with the horticulture part, right. aren't you? Today, what are you doing? Well, we have uh, a good lineup of speakers um, that are going to come in and talk about stuff, and then we'll get to tour. Hopefully, get a chance to go outside and tour some of the demonstration beds that uh, Sarah Shields, she's the agent in this region that's in charge of that, um, has planted, and, and you know, see how you know we talk about the super plants and how they react and to perform in Louisiana. Um, because sometimes, you know, you don't know. It's just like a variety trial with corn or cotton. You know, what varieties perform well, that's the same in the horticulture, you know. Which uh, which roses are doing well or, you know, whatever. So whatever we're trying to look at. So it's kind of the same theory behind that. But, um, but yeah, we're going to talk about some of that stuff today. So. Okay. Well, good deal. We'll see. It's, it's a variety of things. Mm -hmm. as, uh, as my wife has told me, said, you know, you know an awful, a little bit about an awful lot of things, but you don't know a whole lot about a lot of things. It's hard to be an expert at everything. I, I know. Know. That's what they always say. Well, aren't you the expert? And I was like, well, if I was the expert at this, I'd be getting paid a lot more. But, well, you know. but, it's, but I enjoy it because yeah. it is. It's, it's a, a fun lot, job. It's a lot of different things. Okay, so that was our question. That was our question of the week, kind of define our roles. And, and, and one reason why we don't always talk about ag. We're mm -hmm. all we're involved with other things, and this goes on year round. Absolutely. I mean, we we'll do ag alley. You'll hear us talk about ag alley in January in Monroe. Mm -hmm. Ag adventures in February. Mm -hmm. A lot of different stuff like that. Right. So what? Anything? What? Tell me what is coming up on the calendar of events, and then we'll. Um. Well, we have some field days coming up. Uh, July 9th at the Northeast Research Station. There's going to be a row rice and soybean tour going on. That's going to start in the morning. No, I think. in the afternoon. That, that, that was, was in the afternoon. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, and then next, uh, July 18th, is going to be the Row Rice uh, Field Day at Marouge. And it starts And in that the one starts in the morning. Yeah. And then on August the 22nd, uh, there will be a Sweet Potato Field Day at Black Gold at Delhi. So um, even if you don't grow sweet potatoes, I highly recommend that's a really interesting field day. So. All right. Well, good. Well, that's, I mean, we still got things going on this summer. Uh, like I say, we're here today. Uh, it's it's a good it's and this is a nice field day. They've got some really good things they're showing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't get here, 
and you won't hear this till till we publish it probably tomorrow. Right. But if you hadn't been here, you missed out. And make plans for next year. You know, come out to these field days. We uh, the Ag Center has a lot to show a lot of times and a lot to talk about, and you can always learn something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anything else, Kylie? That's all for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, y'all. All right. Well, that's it for this week. I tell you what, y'all send us your ideas. Call us. Uh, send us an email. We're always looking for questions of the week. You know, interesting stuff. Sometimes we're not, you know, we we run out of interesting things sometimes. But uh, anyway, that's all we got. See y'all next week. Thanks for listening. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local extension office.